0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. I am so pleased that you are with me today, particularly because of the topic that we are going to be looking at in a moment. Now, before we get into the topic, yes, I've mentioned this every week, and I'm going to do right up until Lent, because I am excited about discipleship. Discipleship is about walking in the way of Jesus. We don't want to become more Christian. We don't want to become more religious. We want to become more like Jesus. Now, Christian does mean mini Christ. Uh, and we want to be like Jesus. That That is the plan, isn't it? Uh, during Lent, we've got this book, Apprentice to Jesus, 40 Days of Walking in the Way. Love you to get hold of a copy. You'll see a link to pick that up from the publishers uh, in the show notes. You can get it from other good bookshops as well. But during Lent, Monday evenings, we're going to be doing these webinars uh, they are definitely more like coaching than they are just teaching. They're, they're coaching around discipleship and different areas of discipleship. So I really would love you to join us for those weeks during Lent, uh, starting in only a couple of weeks. So the link is in the show notes to join us. You need to sign up uh, to get the link for that. You need to sign up through Eventbrite. So get signed up. Join us on a Monday night. It's going to be an hour and a quarter, and I'd love to spend that time with you. It's nice to see each other's face, isn't it? It's not just you're listening to something or looking at a picture on a screen. Uh, We want to see each other face to face. That's how discipleship works. Now, today's podcast is about the topic of healing. This is a discipleship podcast. We want to walk in the way of Jesus. And if you're going to walk in the way of Jesus, then we are definitely going to want to do the things that Jesus did. And healing is a part of that. Now, friends, I know the first question that comes into everybody's mind the moment you start talking about healing. Well, if God heals, why does he not always heal? There's a danger with that question that we're always focusing on the negative, what God has not done yet, rather than learning about what we can do or what God is doing. So in this podcast, we're going to explore healing, uh, how we might go about prayer for healing, What is God's nature and character? So, I think this should be a helpful episode. I'm calling it How to Pray for Healing for Dummies. Okay, how to pray for healing for dummies. This is like a basic introduction to prayer, uh, miracles, healing, signs and wonders, whatever you want to call it. So, here we go. Let's jump straight in to this episode How to Pray for Healing for Dummies. Right, here we go. How to pray for healing for dummies. My theology, or my understanding of God, theology just means my my thinking of God. My understanding of God and healing does not simply come from the Bible. The Bible says, therefore. The danger of that line, the Bible says, therefore. It negates our experience and our experience of God and the experience of the work of the Holy Spirit. So my experience and understanding and theology of healing does not come simply from the bible yes it is in the bible and I check everything out with the bible but it's part experience as well as part bible it's what I have experienced and therefore take everything I say with a pinch of salt talk to others about it what do they think what do you reckon see what the bible says but this is from my experience when i say my experience i have got numbers of experiences of healing uh, my most fun experience of healing is when i was at university i was about 20 years old i was in the squash league i was in the final of the squash tournament uh, playing against this guy called andy and he hit the ball and he placed it right next to where the wall was in the squash court. I dived to get the ball and hit my right shoulder against the wall. And from the moment I hit the wall, I was in absolute excruciating pain. There was no way, I carried on, but there was no way I could win that match. I was in too much pain. Went home and over two weeks, that shoulder pain got worse and worse and worse. In fact, I had a lump on my shoulder that had kind of grown and risen, and it was in the shape of an egg uh, sticking up on my shoulder. It got so bad, I was in so much pain, that eventually somebody at the university said, get in the car, I'm taking you to uh, the hospital. So they put me in the car, they drove me there, they dumped me at A&E, this was Friday night, and I went in, they x-rayed my shoulder, and in fact, yes, I had broken my collarbone. Uh, by hitting the wall so hard the collarbone had broken and now I had one piece of collarbone on top of the other piece of collarbone and it started to fuse itself together and that's what the egg was, the lump was where it was starting to fuse itself together. They said you're definitely going to have to have an operation to have this rebroken and put back together so it fuses together properly. I went home, Uh, I was due to go back that following week, I had an appointment on the Monday that they wanted me to go back for uh, and I went home with my arm in a sling. That Sunday night, I decided to go to a church that I often went to, but the college that I was training at slightly frowned upon this particular church. Now, I'm going to name this church because I want to honour them because they're they're an amazing church. They're called Woodies in Bristol. And an awesome church, a church I love to slip in at the back and love to spend time with and worship with. They were such a great church. And I'm sat at the back and Dave, the pastor, stood up. And so God, uh, before the service we were praying, we feel like God wants to heal two people or a number of people today. One is around this, and the other somebody's got an egg on their shoulder. And I sat, and I knew that was for me because I'd been calling this lump on my shoulder my egg. But I sat in the chair and I thought, do you know what? If God wants to heal me, He can do it right here in the pew, in the seat, and I didn't move. And then Dave gets up again and says, "We really feel like there's this word for the egg on the shoulder. If that's for you, come forward. We've got prayer ministry team. We'd love to pray for you." He did that number of times, and eventually it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go forward. So I reluctantly went forward. I'm the guy with the egg on the shoulder. Fantastic, come over here. We have a prayer ministry team. These guys will pray for you. And I got a 15 year old kid and a 16 year old kid that were praying for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got the rookies. I'm literally given these two young teenage boys. And. The, I got chatting with them and they said that they'd been on training that afternoon and they'd never done this before so I was literally the first person that they prayed for and I'm thinking this is what's the point I could have sat in my seat God could have done something back there these two boys started praying for me and within moments it was like my shoulder was on fire uh, I was sweating all down the right side of my arm and the pain very quickly uh, disappeared and uh, I thought wow I've felt my shoulder. Yes, the lump was still there, uh, but the pain had gone. I thought, wow, what God has done is took the pain away, but actually the the bone is still broken. Thank the lads. I go home, uh, got my arm out of the sling, quite happy. Go back to hospital the following day, and they want to do a a new x-ray just to see where things were at on the Monday. Uh, So I I went and had the x-ray. I sat in the room. The doctor comes in. He has the Friday's x-ray. He has the Monday morning x-ray. He looks at the two and he says, um, they've x-rayed the wrong shoulder. And he goes out of the room. A few minutes later, he comes back. He says, no, no, they have x-rayed the right shoulder. I was like, what's happened? He says, well, there's a breaking one that's not breaking the other. In fact, the, the bones are not on top of each other anymore. Uh, in fact, it's it's uh, nicely put together. But, you know, I still got this lump where it had been on my shoulder, my egg. I said, mate, you, you never know what happened here. I went to church last night. I was prayed for this was what happened it got very hot uh, I've been out of pain and he said uh, to me um, Mr. Rogers some people just heal quicker than others he obviously didn't believe in miracles but between the Friday and the Monday having had prayer this miracle had happened that was one of my first experiences of healing and the thing is I said at the time I believed in healing I did not need a healing but what that did was it just turned up the notch in me that there is the possibility of healing. I then went to Kenya with a bunch of teenagers, 16, 17 year olds, about 2010, uh, very little training in prayer ministry. And there was just this moment where we got the opportunity to pray for about 60 individuals who were all wanting healing for something. And we got these kids praying for healing and they'd not got much training and they're praying for healing. We saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. That's in a place called Miseno in Kenya. God is the God of healing. As you look at the Old Testament, God promises healing. It's his promise for his people. His healing. Uh, it's God's character to heal. So get this line here. Uh, God says, I am the Lord who heals. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord who heals. This is the character of God. If you want to know the nature of God, look at what he does. What does the Lord do? He does healings and miracles. So to understand some things about healing, let's just explore a few ideas. The first thing I want to explore is this, about the kingdom of God. Jesus in Matthew 4.23 says this, Jesus went around Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching good news of the kingdom. And I think this is really important, the kingdom. Uh, This idea of kingdom is absolutely uh, central to Jesus' teaching and preaching. He preached that the good news of the kingdom of God uh, was near. And he preached that every uh, healing and every disease and sickness among the people uh, would be healed. This was his teaching that when the kingdom of God came, that there would be healing and restoration. The kingdom of God, what is that? Let me explain it for a moment. The kingdom of God, in Jesus' teaching, is the rule and reign of a king over a dominion. Where a king is, there is his authority. OK, so where there's a kingdom, there's a king. The king has authority over that dominion. So the kingdom of God is near, is at hand. And Jesus says uh, is ultimately where the king is. So let me just unpack this a little bit more for you. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of the king and where the rule and reign of the king is where the king is over his dominion he has complete authority so jesus goes around preaching and teaching that the kingdom of god is near so god's kingdom his domain and realm is close to us and he goes around saying that where this kingdom is there is healing and restoration of every disease and every sickness because that's where the rule and reign of the king is. So when Jesus goes around uh, healing, what he's doing is proclaiming the kingdom of God is with somebody, this rule and reign of the king. And the kingdom is near, Jesus says, it's near, it's at hand, it's here, it's there. Uh, In other words, wherever we want to look for the kingdom, we will find the kingdom because God is at work. So Matthew 9, 35 says this. Jesus went through towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Kingdom theology comes with this understanding of healing. So we don't teach kingdom a great deal in in churches. We often miss this central message of what Jesus has to say. The kingdom of God is near. And he says, let me read it again. Jesus went through towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. This is a central message within Jesus. So if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, we must be coming to the realization that the kingdom of God is all around us. It's in people, it's in places, it's in moments, uh, it's all around us, it's, it's active all the time. It's the rule and reign of King Jesus, now on the throne in heaven. And that where that kingdom is, comes with it another package, and that package is healing of every disease and sickness. So that's the kingdom of God. That's the message that Jesus taught. And it's the message that we are invited to teach. The kingdom of God is near to you. The second thing I wanna say about healing is this is around authority. So Matthew 1, he called the 12 disciples to him and gave them authority, authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. As a disciple of Jesus, we've got to get our head around the authority that you and I now have because of what Jesus has given us. Why did Jesus heal? How could Jesus heal? Jesus did not heal because he was divine. Jesus knew how to heal because he was divine. He understood that, but he didn't heal because he was divine. Jesus healed because of the authority and he healed because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that Jesus was a part of and working with through his death and resurrection through all of his signs and wonders and miracles is the same spirit that's at work in us so we we have access to the same stuff that Jesus had access to okay and that access that that stuff is this authority so let me read this to you this is Matthew 10 7 to 8 as you go Jesus says preach this message the kingdom of heaven is here heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. This is the command that Jesus has now to his disciples. This is what God is wanting for each of us to be a part of. Essentially, we're, we're partners in crime with Jesus. We're co-conspirators in the kingdom of God with Jesus. Go and preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy and drive out Demons. So I'll just give you a tip for a moment, just a couple of tips in fact. Tip number one, when we pray for healing we are praying not for a miracle but we are praying for a person to show up, that person is King Jesus. So when we're praying with this idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is near, we are praying that the king, the one that rules and reigns in this dominion would actually draw near, that the king would draw near. So when you're praying for somebody, you're praying, Jesus, come and be with this person now. Come and dwell with them and among them and in them. King Jesus, would you show up? That's essentially the line. The second tip is this. You are not a beggar, but you are a son and daughter of the Most High. So you have authority. So you and I are now adopted sons and daughters into the kingdom. We are adopted children of the king. I think this is super cool, which means when we approach God for something, we don't do not do it as a beggar. We do it as somebody who has the authority to be able to come before the king and ask for something. So if you were a beggar, you would approach the king and you would come to the king and say, please, sir, I beg you, sir. Would you please give me more, sir? Lord, I pray for this, sir. Would you, would you give this, sir? And you come with your head bowed down low, grovelling. That's how a beggar works. We are not beggars. We are now adopted sons and daughters, which means we come before the king. Uh, Paul uh, talks about us as being ambassadors. Paul uses this phrase that we are ambassadors. So we get to come before the king and we get to represent the king uh, and his work to the king. King, it, this is your work, it's your nature to heal, like I come before you with authority to point out that this individual here needs you right now to do what you do. So when we pray for healing, we don't come as a beggar, we come as somebody with authority, which means we get to speak to the sickness and the disease the illness and say be healed in the name of Jesus Christ so how do we go about this stuff if we understand the kingdom and we understand authority both teachings of Rabbi Jesus of which he is our blueprint How do we go about this stuff? So the first thing I would say is this I've got I I have a little step by step that I go through when I'm praying for healing. Not because the step by step works or this is do it this way and it works. It's just a step by step that helps me remember some key things that are more about me than they are actually about God. So the first thing is I always ask the individual what do they want. We don't presume we know what they want. Friends, I have friends who are disabled. I have friends who are blind. And when they come forward for prayer, they're not most of the time coming for prayer for those things. There's always there's something else they're coming forward for, uh, for prayer. Uh, so you've got to ask, what is it you want healing for? Because we cannot presume we know what the individual wants healing for. So we always ask them, what do you want? Once we've asked them what, what they are looking for, we can then pray for them and when you pray so this is my step, second step i i always speak with authority so i would always pray something that says this is your daughter brenda lord father i know that she is fearfully and wonderfully made and i know it's your desire to heal her that's what you do exodus 15 tells us i you are the lord who heals that's who you are lord And I know that you know what is wrong in our body right now. So Lord, with the authority that you've given me, I say be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. When I um, didn't understand authority and I didn't understand the kingdom, the way that I would pray for healing is I'd often put my hand on their shoulder and I'd often go through a long process of almost begging God. Please, Lord, would you heal them? Lord, we cry out to you that you might heal. We beg you, Lord. And, and I would go through this begging process. And then I started to realise that I'm not a beggar. I'm actually an adopted son of the Most High, who has been given authority to speak um, healing over every disease and sickness. Therefore, I say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer for healing is as easy as that. You look at the Gospels, uh, you look at uh, Peter and John at the beautiful gate. They speak clearly get up and walk that is the only prayer they pray over that dude that dude is sat on his mat and they don't put their hand on his shoulder and stuck oh Lord we pray for healing Lord we beg you that you no. they say get up and walk that prayer is as easy as that I find that pretty insane uh, that the prayer can be as simple as that. So that's the uh, number two. Number three is I would then say to them, has anything changed? Is anything different for you? Can you feel anything? Are you experiencing anything? Are you sensing anything? I always ask if anything has changed. And then uh, depending on that, I might respond by saying, Lord, we thank you for what you were doing. Or I might say, Lord, you've not, doesn't seem to have started anything yet, but we have confidence in you. So we say this again, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I might do that a number of times, just praying over somebody the key thing for me here is this if the person is healed or not i always want to make sure that i come away from them knowing that they are loved i want them to know that god absolutely adores them and that healing is not determined by them and you know jesus says faith the size of a mustard seed and i've heard people preach the reason you've not been healed you don't have enough faith who who has the faith in the Gospels. It's Jesus who has faith. Now we have see the faith in the woman that reaches out to the hem of of Jesus' garment, but there are others where we don't see faith. What we see is people who are desperate. Jesus is the one who has faith and he is the one that pronounces the healing. The healing brings about faith in them it's been my experience that sometimes the most faithless people are the ones that see miracles the most when i've prayed for a non-christian it's often the non-christian that has experienced the miracle and that miracle in their life is for the purposes of bringing glory to god and for them to suddenly realize that god is for them and with them uh so i think that's kind of an interesting thing why is it that i see more healings outside the church than inside the church i don't know I don't want to really dabble around with that today. That's probably a whole nother topic. But I do know this to be true. Uh, I, I want the individual to be encouraged that Jesus loves them and that the non healing or the perceived non healing, although not yet healing, uh, is not God passing judgment on them. It's not that God doesn't love them or care for them or be interested in them. No, 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 no. My father is always at work, he loves his children. Uh, God's timing is always perfect, and God always understands what he's doing, and I don't, so I don't always see the big picture. One of the key things that people talk about uh, is, well, why is it then that we don't see healing all the time? Because I get it, I get it. Friends, I can tell you now, there are many, many prayers I've prayed where I've not seen healing. I think one thing is true, the more prayer for healing I give, the more prayer for healing I see answered. The less I pray, the, the less miracles. The more I pray, the more miracles. I think the key thing for me is, I do believe that the kingdom of God is near, but there's something about the now and the not yet. Uh, God has done the ultimate miracle, but it has not yet fully been seen. I don't know if you remember, in 23rd of June in 2018, there was 12 Thai boys that got trapped in a cave with their coach, and the cave was flooding. This is in Thailand. And They were in that cave from the 23rd of June. Now, on the 2nd of July, weeks later, weeks later, they're found. They're found in the dark in this cave. But those boys, even though they were found, they remained in that dark cave until the 8th to the 10th of July when they were eventually one by one brought out. Now, those boys were saved. They were safe the moment they were found in that cave. But the miracle wasn't completed until the 10th of July when all the boys were taken out. Sometimes a miracle can start but take time to be completed. And I think that's a real helpful image for us. The length of time it takes to heal. Now I want to tell you one story before um, I kind of start to tie things up. I going to tell you the story about a lady called Jill. This lady called Jill was uh, a member of a church that I worked for uh, a number of years ago. An amazing, prayerful woman. This woman, Jill, was deaf. And she had received healing many times, many, many times for her ears. And she'd never been healed. And she had to uh, use sign language. Uh, She had hearing aids that barely, barely, barely worked. And she was constantly being prayed for. And I was talking to her one day about prayer and healing and miracles. And she said this to me and it stuck out. So true in my mind. I I have not forgotten it. She said this. You know, Chris, the real gift is the gift of salvation, eternal life. All the things that Jesus gives us. And if we're healed in this life. It's like a bonus. Let me say that again. She says, you know, the real gift is the gift of salvation, eternal life, all the things that Jesus gives us. And if we are healed in this life, that, if you like, is a bonus. I think we really have to hold on to that to be true as well. Salvation, forgiveness of sin is the ultimate miracle. Miracles of healing then become signs and wonders of that kingdom, pointers, moments of breakthrough where we just see heaven and earth uh, colliding. And I want to give you my own testimony here. So just over a year ago, uh, I was no more than a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was having problems with my right ear, being going to see the ENT at Royal London Hospital, and uh, I'd got a problem with what he called as debris in my ear. Uh, and it was coming as a build up because my eardrum was uh, flaking and peeling, essentially. Uh, and he would clean it out. And I, I would ultimately have to see what happened. Uh, back in March of 2020, I was due to go back and see him because of lockdown and COVID. That did not happen. So between March through to September, I got seen by nobody. Every appointment was cancelled. Nobody saw me. By August... I had a growth coming out of my ear that was so big, my wife could photograph it with her mobile phone. It was green. It was like, did you hear that? Green, green. It was a fungal growth. We didn't know that's what it was at the time, but it was like something from a horrendous 1980s horror movie. This liquid was coming out. This green was coming out. I end up in September being sent to a private doctor uh, because it got so bad. And I go to this private doctor and he removes this growth. And what he finds is behind that growth, the growth had caused so much damage to my eardrum that the drum uh, was essentially blistering. And it was like I had an ulcer on my eardrum. And September, October, November go through and it's not healing, not healing, not healing. In end of November, I end up going for a procedure at the hospital for a laser to try and dry up my eardrum. They dried up my eardrum with a laser and they've packed my ear with wadding. Two days later, the wadding fell out, and at the end of the wadding was my eardrum. I can only hear twenty percent in my right ear. And first reaction: right, we're going to pray for a miracle. In fact, the uh, the NT guy said, "I said, will it grow back?" He said, "It would take a miracle to grow back." I went, well, I know a guy who does miracles. So I'll pray for miracles, but but I've yet to see a miracle. And as of the appointment last week, I'm going to have to have another operation to reconstruct the eardrum. But, 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 I really sense the Lord speaking to me in December. I sense the Lord say this Chris, you are blessed with an amazing wife, an amazing family, an amazing church. You are surrounded by friends who absolutely adore you. Uh, When it comes to health, physical other health, you are well, you are healthy. You are blessed. And I realise this. If my right ear is never healed, and I never have any more hearing than what I do at present, God is faithful, God loves me, and that I am already blessed. God is with me, and I will be with him in eternity. In fact, I'm already living my eternal life today. Therefore, if I'm never healed with my right ear... I am blessed friends, I feel blessed, I feel loved, I feel treasured and I think to hold on to this that salvation is the ultimate healing. Sometimes people don't get healed and they die and we're seeing that with Covid time after time, we're praying for miracles, we're not seeing them. That does not mean God isn't faithful, that does not mean that God hasn't won, it just means that the now and the not yet kingdom is yet to be experienced. But I think this is really the most important thing I want to say on healing is this. If I focus on what God has not done, my faith levels depreciate. If I focus on what God has done, then my faith levels grow. Because I've seen God do miracles before, I know God can do miracles again. Therefore, I will keep praying for signs and wonders and miracles. If I don't see them, that will not shape if I keep praying or not because I know I've seen God do miracles before. So that's kind of where I want to leave you today is with this challenge. Rabbi Jesus, of whom we blueprint our life around, taught the kingdom of God and pronounced healing over every disease and sickness. And Rabbi Jesus has commissioned us with all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have given the authority We are now adopters, sons and daughters. So look for places to pray for healing. Pray with authority. Know it's the kingdom that we draw near. It's King Jesus that we want to draw around the individual. Give it a go. Practice it. See what happens. And as I said, most of my understanding of healing comes not from the Bible, but from experience of seeing it done. I then back that up with the Bible. Go and experience. Find people who are doing this stuff. Watch them. Learn from them. Be inspired by them. And give that a go. So friends, how to pray for healing for dummies. I hope you found that helpful, inspiring and equipping. Give it a go. Follow Rabbi Jesus and be like him. And until next time, grace and peace.